And what it boils down to is our mission as lay Catholics is not to spend all day at the parish. We've been getting it wrong. True, we must be involved in our parish community. Absolutely. We must be supportive to our pastors. 100%. We must continuously grow in, in the faith. Yes. But as lay people, our field of mission should be the world. So in the book and in the program, we're showing Catholics, particularly professionals, that's our niche, how to lead, but not for the ministry, how to lead in civil society. Hello and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo and Walter. And today we're going to talk to Christopher Pereira about his first book, Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. Christopher, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Very, very good. Thank you, Gustavo, Walter. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be, to be a guest in your show. Well, Thank we're you. honored to Wait. have you. Thank you so much for making time. Yeah. My pleasure. Uh, My pleasure. And um, Christopher, for, for those the for the people that don't know you, can, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, if you're a if you're a convert, cradle Catholic, all that that fun stuff? Absolutely. Um, gosh, how far back do you want me to go? So, uh, <laughs> I am a a cradle Catholic. However, the faith was never really strong in our household, and I was I am also a child of divorce, mm. so. That created some problems of the of, of its own. Uh, I did all of my sacraments, and I think I remember my mother teaching me how to pray once when I was little. That's it. That's it. I had really no. And at some point during my teen uh, years, I remember liking this Protestant girl at my at high school, at, the, at my high school uh, in in Peru. There is in always Peru. a girl. There's always a girl, but here's here's the the kicker. Uh, I feel that the Lord has always attracted me, attracted attracted me back to the faith through beauty, because oh, because go. of this girl who was a, who was a Protestant. Uh, I began thinking about God, because in order mm -hmm. for, for me to get close to her, she 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 needed to know that I was a believer, and I began praying. Right, um, I didn't get too serious then. But again, uh, here in the United States, when I got married and, and went through the marriage preparation process, because again, here in the United, in the United States, because again, I needed to get uh, the acceptance of a Catholic lady, my wife, and she wanted to get married in the church. So because she wanted to get married in the church, because I wanted to get married to her, mm -hmm. I went through the marriage preparation process and I discovered the beauty of my Catholic faith again. And it was beauty. That brought me again. That's beautiful. That's awesome. So that's how we got you back <laughs> that's, in the fall? That's how I... Well, I praise God I for back. your wife. Yeah, yeah it was the marriage preparation program at the Diocese of Phoenix. Six months. That's it's amazing. a great program. Um, and uh, in, 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 you say you're originally from Peru. You're, you you lived in, in, in Phoenix. Um, and then to the point where you, you've gotten involved with diocese and then now well i think the the first time that, that you and i uh met was because of uh the tepeyac leadership initiative can you talk a little bit about tli absolutely uh thank you walter 
So about six years ago, I was working for Bishop Olmsted as the director of the Hispanic Mission Office. And as an employee representative of the Diocese of Phoenix, I was sent to a secular leadership development program in Arizona. And it was a very interesting experience because it, it was a secular program. Everybody there was from the secular world. I was the only person that came from the faith-based world. And, and going through the program, it was a, a, a mixed feelings experience because at times I was very frustrated to be one of the few conservative voices during the sessions, in the conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also opened my eyes to the reality of civic leadership development in the United States. I don't know if you're aware, but around the country, in every major city, these this, uh, programs have been around since the 70s. Mm-hmm. They take on names like Leadership Philadelphia, Leadership Los Angeles. Here in Arizona, we have quite a few of them as well. And these programs have been, for decades now, sort of under the radar, being mm. catapulting professionals into key leadership positions in their own communities. So they create networks and they prepare people and really push them into leadership in, the, in, the, in their communities. This means board service, philanthropy, politics. Unfortunately, six years ago, I also realized that many of these programs, most of these programs, are forming leaders with, that, with values that run counter to Catholic teaching. Mm-hmm. So we went to Bishop Olmsted and we proposed to him, we pitched the idea of starting our own. We thought this was actually a good idea, was just not being oriented right. We thought we could make it better because we could make it Catholic. And that's how Tempe mm-hmm. Jack Leadership started. Yeah. So the first time that I that I knew about you, Christopher, is uh, because I saw you in the Into the Breach video. I think you were one of the um, Hispanic representation there for that video, which... For me, that was one of my turning points in terms of my my faith, really, really stepping up and and being more committed, you know, because I saw that video and and we went through that program and um, the retreat that we did uh, was based on the bishop's document and and for me it was pretty much life changing, uh, and so I remember seeing you there. So when when I met with you for for TLI. Um, I was like, you look very familiar, and that's kind of when I when I connected the dots. Uh, you also had a radio show for a little bit, right? Yes, I used to host in Spanish and Espanol a radio show at Infamilia Radio, which was a talk show. We would uh, talk uh, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Um, it was a whole hour. We'll talk about culture, politics, mm-hmm. and always try to find the the Catholic angle or the moral eric- et- ethical angle to whatever's happening in the news yeah and mm. we'll, we'll try to offer some commentary it was a lot of fun it was very very enjoyable i did that for about five years wow um, wow then i had to move on i just i could no longer mm-hmm. do it and and the lord was calling me for for to another mission with tepeyak mm-hmm. leadership yeah so so a little backstory so both walter and i interviewed and applied for for Tepeyac leadership for the first cohort well for um, our pastor asked us to apply yeah let's preface yeah, so, it with that. okay yeah so through our pastor he said okay here's two guys that i think would would fit this program um one of us made it and the other one didn't right and our mutual friend uh maria Scarcega, 
that uh, she was in the program with me at that time. She said it's it, TLI would have imploded in itself because if you follow the podcast, we've established that Walter and I are pretty much the same person. So it's even Marie, when, when she met me and and she she didn't know anything about me, she just heard from like the the sharing experiences that that I was a parishioner at St. Joan of Arc. And and she came up to me afterward and she's like, do you know Walter Cantu? And I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, you guys are like the same person. And that's like <laughs> not the first that's not the first time that that we've been told that. And and she said, both of you couldn't have been here because the, TLI would have just like sucked into itself and just imploded. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to handle it. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so that's so, that's great. Not not every not every day do you have the 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 founder of the Tepeyac Leadership Initiative in the class president of the first cohort. That's right. Go. That's right. Yeah. Gustavo that's became always. the first class president, and uh, and since then has really been a, a a very strong ally of the program supporting us uh, continue to advance its mission. And that was the first cohort of a program that started as a diocesan program. Mm -hmm. But as the, as the Lord uh, surprised us with his plan, the program went national and then international. And TLI is now mm -hmm. a global leadership development yep. program. Okay. How did that happen? Was it, it was, was it COVID that like kicked everything out of, Proportion, so, well, not our proportion, but you know what I mean. Like into next gear, right? It kicked it into next gear. It because sort of did. The, the growth was already happening, kind of like organically, because if I'm not mistaken, you took it, it was it three cohorts here in Phoenix, and then you expanded it to Los Angeles, right? After the second cohort in year, on year three, okay. we were already doing simultaneously Phoenix and Los Angeles. And in Los Angeles, it was very successful as well. Mm -hmm. Then it was in the midst of the program, in the middle of the program in 2020, that COVID hit. And mm -hmm. at that point, we already had our sights on a national program. Got it. Bishop Olmsted had given us his blessing. We had already created a board and established a nonprofit. We already had a 501c3 designation. However, we thought our business plan was, well, we'll go national and we'll take it one diocese at a time and we'll go at God's pace. But God's space was much faster than we thought because COVID <laughs> took us out of our comfort zone. We had to go virtual. And and now the program is, is permanently virtual. We're not going to go back to in-person. It, it is the way in which the world was opened, us to us, opened mm -hmm. up to us. And now the sessions are live. We have replicated the experience. Uh, I, I would say that we come very close, 99% to what it was when it was in, in person. There are still one-on-one -on -one interactions, small group settings, breakout rooms, very dynamic sessions. And we did keep the retreat in person. The retreat mm -hmm. still in person. So participants join 18 sessions over the course of five months and then come together and choose between Phoenix or Nashville, Tennessee to do their retreat. And that's where it's sort of the highlight of the program, as you know, Gustavo. It brings all the yep. participants together. Uh, and we call it the Virtuous Leadership Retreat. Mm -hmm. Is yeah, it at Ryan great. Hanning's homestead? Dr. Ryan Do Hanning's homestead. Dr. Ryan Han Hanning, it's actually the person who has led the retreat every time. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That that was that was the 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 big selling point for me in terms of like the caliber of speakers that you had. For for my cohort, I remember that we had Jason Everett, we have Dr. Ryan Hanning, we had uh 
um, the name of the Supreme Maricopa County. Uh, oh, Justice it? Bill Montgomery. Justice Bill yeah, Montgomery. Just, now Justice Bill Montgomery, yes. which was huge, right? It was like all these different topics that, that was, I kind of knew about, you know, I wasn't too much into the news back then, um, but that really opened my eyes to say, we, we just need to be engaged. You know, the culture is winning. We have to claim it, reclaim it essentially uh, for, for, for God's mission. And, and for me, the, the, the five months were, were over like a flash because it was so, and it's, it's three hours every Tuesday was, was no small feat, right? Because mm -hmm. most of us obviously worked. We went there right after work. Uh, it was in person at that time. And so the, the curriculum itself was somewhat demanding especially for somebody that has a young family. And most of us, like a lot of us did, there were a lot of young people too that, that were coming out of college and whatnot. But in terms of like the curriculum itself, it was, it was pretty demanding, but you didn't feel it because when you were there, it was so engaging and so dynamic, like you said, that the three hours just flew by and there was always not enough time to get all those quest questions answered. You, you kind of like always wanted more from, from the session. So is that something that you were able to translate in, in the digital space? Absolutely, Gustavo. And it's all by the grace of God. Listen, we, the only thing we've done is we've tried not to get in, in God's way because yeah. it is really him who has made this happen. And, and the program has unfolded in front of me and most of the time surprising me. Uh, so, yes, that's happening when we in, in the virtual platform as, as well, Gustavo. By the end of the session, any of the three different tracks of the program that we now have, three different facilitators in three different time zones, and they're all the same. The dynamic is just as engaging, and all of the facilitators report the same thing. By the end of the session, we need to cut it out and, and, and dismiss the session after the third hour, but participants are always left wanting more. And, and yeah. the last time I facilitated, now it's been a year since I facilitated a session, I, I remember I used to tell them, listen, we have to, Start on time and end on time, but there's nothing forbidding you from going into another virtual platform mm -hmm. and continuing the conversation. <laughs> and a yeah. few of them do, uh, but all of them have family, children, and, and of course, they, they just right. wait until next week. Yeah. So, so for me, it kind of went full circle because I'm, I'm lucky enough to be one of your facilitators um, with uh, Into the Breach. You know, we did it last year. One of the experts, one of the speakers. Oh, experts. You're one of the there speakers. Yeah, yeah, yes. There you go. So. Uh, it kind of, like I said, went full circle because it's into the bridge that really got me engaged back into my faith in a more serious and adult way, I like to say it. And and now I'm lucky enough to to share my experience, not only about TLI, but of of the wonderful document of that is into the bridge. You know, I can't recommend that document enough. And, and I think you did a, a wonderful job, obviously, being guided by um, Bishop Olmsted and, and incorporating his his document into into the program, and I love that you still uh, uh, make it part of the curriculum uh, uh, even even to this day. Absolutely, there is so much of Bishop Olmsted in the program. I always say Bishop Olmsted is the founder of TLI. Mm -hmm. He the TLI is his vision. I am the person that has executed the vision on the, on the vision, mm -hmm. carried out his vision, but. There is so much of Bishop Olmsted in the curriculum. Not only do we have a session on Into the Bridge, we have a session on Catholics in the Public Square, which is another I was just exhortation, going another to say, document. 
Yeah, I think that predates Into the Breach, right? Uh, yes, yes, I think yes. I moved, I moved here in 2012, and it must have come around that time um, because I grabbed a copy of St. Joan of Arc when, when I came out of Mass uh, one time. And um, that's a perfect segue for the question that I had. Um, so when, when, when you talk about leadership, like I remember in high school, there was like a leadership club. And, and all of these things, like, um, I, if I remember correctly, they would, like, teach high school students about uh, the seven habits of highly successful people and all of these things that to, to make, um, you know, kids into, like, responsible adults that eventually they could lead. Um, and now as a father, I think it's a um, different kind of leadership, leading a family, spiritually being a provider for all, all of these things that require to to lead a family at the parish level as well. But I think that um, the, the what TLI is focused on is not just at the family, which is good, not just the parish, which is also very good, but is around the community, like you said, building networks and then uh, being in the like the fabric of, of society. Um, it, it, am I along the right track in this thought? Absolutely. Yes, Walter. Uh, we First of all, when it comes to leadership, now I've been at the leadership in the leadership business for about seven years. So I realized that there is no consensus on what it means to be a leader. Mm. And in the world, in the secular world, there is a, an entire industry around the topic of leadership. There are books, videos, workshops, conferences, all kinds of, of material out there and everybody making the promise of making people, turning people into leaders. But yet there is no consensus and the dictionaries are not much help uh, <laughs> when you're trying to find a definition for it. So you have to start somewhere. We have, have adopted the definition of the Virtuous Leadership Institute, which is that a leader is someone who accomplishes great things by bringing out the greatness in others. And mm -hmm. that is the leadership that we want to Comment or promote through the program. Now, the place that our program participants are invited to exert that influence in is civil society. We take it as a given, and we definitely make sure to uh, cover that within the program as well, so that it's very clear that a lay Catholic professional's priorities must be in order. God must be at the center in their of their life, the center of their life. Mm -hmm. Then family. And then work. Work needs to mm -hmm. come after those two things. And the time that we spend every day and every week and every year in each of those three areas should, should represent that order of priority. So we should spend a lot more time thinking about God and in our spiritual life, in our interior life, and with our families than at work. However, having established that, we highly encourage our, our program participants and graduate to intentionally seek to become influential leaders in society. Once they're taking care of their spirit, their, their soul, and their families, to go out and lead because the world is desperately in need of leadership. And we are convinced that most of the problems that we see in society today, name any problem, at the root is the lack of principle, ethical, mm -hmm. virtuous leadership. Exactly. When you're talking about that um, set of priorities, I'm always reminded about the one of the greatest football coaches that ever lived, 
uh, Vince Lombardi, which who the Super Bowl trophy is named after. And that's that's one of his best quotes. It says, God, family, the Green Bay Packers in that order. You know, and and uh, Vince Lombardi was uh, a coach that he, he started every day with mass. He received the Eucharist every day and, and he achieved, like you said, great things. And he brought out greatness in others. You know, so he established a, a culture not only of winning, but of, of values and of um, being better for your teammate. And that is something that also I think TLI does very well because the brotherhoods and the friendships that you that you form there with all different peoples from different walks of life, you know, lawyers, doctors, like you said, it's, it's like a, a great mix of, of talent uh, in there. And and it's like, you know, I talk to them regularly. I go on hikes with all like a lot of them. We, we have a. A, a, a chat, you know, on, on Telegram that we constantly like ask for prayers or like uh, network through, oh, somebody's like uh, looking for another job or they just uh, uh, are looking for another opportunity. So it's, it's such a tight knit community that starts at the root, like you said, from that uh, um, same set of guiding principles. You know, we're all trying to get our get ourselves and our families and as many people as possible to heaven. That's where we start. And and it comes through so, so much in the quality of, of participants that TLI has. So it's, it, it, it's, I'm, I'm very grateful for the experience that I had and for knowing you and, and obviously for, for Bishop Olmsted's vision in that, because I think it's just, it's, it's been um, really, really instrumental in a lot of uh, young professionals growth. Thank you, Gustavo. It really, it's, it's been a, a privilege for me, and I, I think I can speak for all the staff at TLI, the facilitators. All of us, facilitators, our program manager, we're all constant, constantly benefiting from the experience, from the TLI experience. I've ha I have gone through the retreat now five times, right? Because I am coordinating the retreat, so I'm there. And every time, I gain something new. And the relationships, yeah. meeting people such as yourself, and relating to other Catholics who love their faith and just want to make their communities a better place, uh, we continuously grow from, from the relationships that we build and the network that we are building through TLI. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So seven, so seven years doing this, and, uh, and now you have a book published. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit, can you talk about what- Showing it, uh, showing it on camera for the people that are listening. Watching. Thank, thank you so oh, much. By the way, okay, for, so I guess for what you're saying, yeah, for your uh, for your support of the book, I really appreciate yeah. uh, you uh, inviting me to talk about the book. The book, let me tell you, Gustavo, yeah. it's uh, it has been a major satisfaction to finish this project. We started this project about two years ago, and mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't long after we we were continuing the mission of TLI that I realized. This program needs a book. We need our book. Mm -hmm. We've been using yeah. other books that we give the participants, great books. But we thought, gosh, what we have going in the program, the message of the program is pretty unique. And those who still don't know TLI, when they experience it, they'll, they'll understand. It's pretty unique within the Catholic world. We have to put this into a book. I started writing the book 
one or two chapters into it, I realized this is taking me forever. <laughs> but I need the book at this pace. I don't know when I'm going to finish. I need this book, this book right away so that the program can benefit from it and we can have mm -hmm. more value, takeaway value for the participants. So the book is now something that the participants can take with them, sort of as a guide, a manual, something, a resource that they can always go back to because the, mm. the book is built on the content of the program. While it is independent from the program, anybody who hasn't mm -hmm. gone through the program or will never go through the program will still benefit from the book. But it's something of value that we can add for program participants. So um, at that time, we were already getting uh, a lot of help from one of the um, graduates of the program, Erin Monin, who's a very talented uh, lady, who a mother and a wife, who's also in philanthropy and, and works for St. Vincent de Paul, the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. And she was already helping us a lot. She was actually the editor of our blog. And okay. I realized that she was a very talented writer. And, and you know, I, every time she would write a column or a piece, uh, I enjoy it so much. And I would, I would realize she totally gets what we're doing with TLI. She totally understands the mission of TLI. She writes so well. So because of her talent, it was, it was an obvious connection in my brain. I need help. Who can I ask? Erin. I can ask Erin. So I asked her, listen, I'm writing this book. Do you want to partner up? We'll split, we'll divide the, the, the work, we'll divide and conquer, and then we'll, we'll keep each other accountable. That was key, right? Because mm -hmm. we set up timelines and we won't mm -hmm. always meet the timelines, but it, it wasn't any longer just Christopher trying to do something. And the only person I have to respond to is Christopher. Now, right. I, knew, I knew that Erin was expecting me to finish my chapters and I was expecting her to finish her chapters. It was so helpful. We would revise and check on each other's work, each other's work. And after completing the, the book, because we self-published, uh, mm -hmm. we still benefited from the from the value of uh, editors because we outsourced uh, two wonderful people to edit the book and make it even a richer and more valuable uh, reading experience. And uh, and that's, that's the story amazing. of Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. We're very proud of it. Um, you know, it's not a perfect book, but a we believe we don't have a high uh, in the clouds theological abstract concept to share. No, no, it's a very mm -hmm. simple message, but we Correct. believe it is a very important message. And if, if I may tell you what is at the heart of the book, the message that is at the heart of the book, people still need to read it to benefit from the message, but uh, it's really what has been at the heart of TLI. And it wasn't clear from the beginning, Gustavo Walter, But as you do the work of God, he begins to open up uh, sort of more windows into you, you. You begin to see a complete, a full picture of what he wants right. you to do, right? So yeah. we are convinced that what we're doing at TLI is answering the neglected call from the Second Vatican Council. The Second Vatican Council, gentlemen, I am sure you have read the documents. Most of the people to, who talk about the document about the consul have not even read any of the documents, and Catholics unfortunately will argue about two aspects of the of the consul: the ecumenical aspects of the Second Vatican Council and the changes in the liturgy. Lay Catholics and even clergy will get into arguments about those two aspects of the of the consul very often, and they'll yeah. talk about it all day long. Yep. One other component of the consul, who which was to me, fundamental, that has been widely ignored, at least from my perception, 
is that the Second Vatican Council had a bold challenge to the lady. Mm -hmm. The Second Vatican Council gave us our marching orders. If mm -hmm. you read the documents, Apostolicum Actositatem, Gaudium Espes, uh, Christi Fidelis Leici, you know, throughout the documents, you see it. And the document had an invitation for us, for the lady, to transform society from within, to sanctify mm -hmm. ourselves by sanctifying the world, to renew the temporal order. And that is what we want to uh, put in the minds and hearts of our readers and program participants. And what it boils down to is our mission as lay Catholics is not to spend all day at the parish. Right. We've been getting it wrong. True, we must be involved in our parish community. Absolutely. We must be supportive to our pastors. 100%. We must continuously grow in, in the faith. Yes. But as lay people, our field of mission should be the world. Mm -hmm. So in the book and in the program, we're showing Catholics, particularly professionals, that's our niche, how to lead, but not for ministry, how to lead in civil society. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good um, differentiation. It, it makes me think of uh, uh, Saint Jose Maria Escriba de Balaguer mm -hmm. um, with the the work uh, Opus Dei. In in uh, we even had uh, a, a previous guest in uh, in the podcast. Uh, we were discussing a quote from Bishop Fulton Sheen. Says he was going to say the church is it's is the is the laity, um, and. Uh, And this fits in really good with one of the notes that Gustavo had for for about the book. The, the foreword is written by Archbishop Jose Gomez, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, yeah, so we're, not, not everybody can say, yeah, the president of the USCCB wrote our foreword. Right. <laughs> is that uh, a gift from God or that's what? That's such a blessing. That's oh, a my gift. goodness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he says that we are living in, in the hour of the lady and 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 that we cannot all be theologians or apologists. So that, that, that makes it even more fitting to what you are just saying, that it's not, we cannot all be theologians and philosophers, which you were just like, like I'm a software engineer and, and I would like to help build the kingdom of God with the tools that God has given, with the gifts that God has given me. Um, but I think that, that, that uh, at least me personally, I have seen leadership like at the parish level and then yeah, stopped there. At some point I was helping with the pregnancy center for a short period of time, but I think that there is a need, like you said, for more of that. But how, how would you tell people that are listening or watching this episode to like small steps to get started? Absolutely. So by the, the book, the, right? By the book, for sure. <laughs> and the book is now, uh, it's now on Kindle and, and, and print, and it's going to be on audiobook as well. Uh, but we do lay out a roadmap in the book because we tell um, the audience, whether, whether they're program participants of TLI or readers of the book now, we tell them that there are some fundamentals that are needed okay. for a layperson to become a Catholic leader for civil society. Right? And we talk about three fundamentals at a very good understanding of human dignity. We need to understand human dignity. And, and the church has so much to say with regards to that. And we point to our some resources for people to go and educate themselves because we can self-teach ourselves. Catholics, there are so mm -hmm. many resources out there 
yeah. Catholic social doctrine has so much to say about how to lead in civil society. And the third one is a little more, uh, uh, has to do with interior life. It's our character. It's growth in virtue. Mm-hmm. If we have a, a, a proper understanding of human dignity, if we know Catholic social doctrine, and we have made a life commitment to grow, to build a character by growing in virtue, then we're ready. We're ready. And we need to be discerning and speaking to God and listening to God, listening to God so that he shows, shows us, and he will, he always does, how is it, in which concrete way he wants us to lead in civil society. Hmm. That makes me think of uh, From Temperament to Character by Alexander Havard. One of, I think uh, Gustavo and I have been exchanging notes on Havard right, uh, left, right, and center uh, after yeah. uh, he went through TLI. Um, because, you know, virtue is something that, that people can uh, work on to, to get better at. It's not like something that you are born with a with a temperament that you cannot change but virtue you mm-hmm. can work on and and uh, and grow in it um so that is fantastic news it, it and, was and everything when i found out yeah and everything kind of like boils into magnanimity right i mean that's that's kind of like one of those key words that that just stuck with me uh when i went through the program because it's 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 about really striving for greatness you know, you 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 put the one of my favorite quotes in the book uh, from from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth is like uh, the world offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness, not for ourselves. You know, greatness for others, for our fellow man, for our neighbor. And and if if we apply those principles and grow in virtue, like you said, and align it with uh, doctrine, social teaching. Catholic social teaching and 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 just pick an issue in society, right? And then go, and then that's it. And that's another thing that I that I uh, the 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 program is not passive, you know. And the book is not passive. So I really like the fact that you brought that dynamism into the book because it's a call to action. The program it, it's not like here's Thank your you, certificate. Hey, here's your certificate. You know, uh, uh, just go do whatever you know. Later, you you. Yeah, see you later. You know, like hope this helped. You know, whatever. Um, but but you you make a leadership commitment. So right off the bat, that's that's one of like the requirements. It's not an option. It's a requirement that really puts you on the spot. Because we need to be put on the spot. Because otherwise, we'll just let life lead us wherever it goes. And no, we are we are action oriented. You know, as Catholics, we 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 have a mission. We need to evangelize. And and I think the the program makes it front and center. And and all through the program, you're like reminding people, remember, you got the leadership commitment, you know, make it something that it's 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 valuable, something that you can stand by, something that you can execute, that it's not like pie in the sky, you know, I'm gonna save starving children in Africa when 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 you live like here. And that's not something that is not attainable. But what can you do here? What can you do now with the with the time, talent, and treasure that God has given to you at this moment in life? Um, so, so yeah, I mean that 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 um, pursuit of greatness is something that I think is really infectious and and comes through in in the book very well. I'm so glad to hear you say that, Gustavo. That's definitely that was definitely our intention that the book would pr- 
compel people to act. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so glad to hear that that's how you feel about it. Yeah. And if you can tell the, the podcast, in a way, is kind of a product of TLI because after Gustavo was done with TLI, we had chats about like, we need to do something. Yeah. I don't know what mm -hmm. we need to do. We need to do something in, in our uh, brainstorming sessions. Uh, we'll start a podcast and tell people how ordinary dads live uh, authentic faith. And here we are, mm -hmm. a year and a half into doing this. And until God says no more, we're going to continue mm -hmm. doing it. And yeah. it's amazing, gentlemen. You, I don't know, you must have an idea, but it's it never ceases to surprise me how things that we do, projects that we embark on, can touch lives, can truly touch lives, transform. And people, people uh, are suddenly are pivoting into a different direction, a better direction, because of something that God used us as instruments to do. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, and I see the fruit of the program, uh, whether this is fruit of the program, I, I, I can't always, I can't, I don't think it's, it's, it's for me to point to something and say, this is fruit of the program. You can say that. But I, I have seen the graduates of TLI do so many amazing things. It's just, to me, it's just humbling to see. We have people that for leadership, the leadership commitment, we had a teacher that said he had never thought of it. He was just happy being a teacher. And then through the program, he said, I feel now called to lead in the educational work world. And he became a headmaster at his institution, at his liberal arts uh, school. And all That's of amazing. our... Not all, most of our graduates, and some are just about getting there, are serving on boards. Board service is a big mm -hmm. thing for us. And all of our graduates are rolling up their sleeves and serving and leading in their communities. Well, that, you touched on a very important point that uh, the board service, you know, we, we have to be more involved. You know, in terms of like how the country is going, education is where it starts and, and what our kids are taught in those classrooms uh, is, is paramount. And, and you, you have a great example of people finally waking up uh, earlier this year with, with attending school board meetings and, and, and fighting for what they believe in and what they don't believe in, right? Fighting against what they don't believe in. And I think uh, having uh, active members of, of not, not just the Catholic faith, but that we share basic moral values with in positions of leadership and school boards is, is something that just needs to happen if we want a change to happen in, in that aspect of our society, I believe. What we say in the book and have been saying it through the program is that in society, there are tables that people sit around in which they're making decisions, important decisions. Mm -hmm. We call those boards. Some are official formal boards, governance boards, advisory boards, fundraising boards, boards of institutions, for-profit, non-profit, faith-based, non-faith-based. Others are not called boards, but they're still like boards and have influence. A parent-teacher association, a homeowner's association, a Rotary or Lions Club. People are sitting around the, the tables making decisions. We need more Catholics in those tables. Mm -hmm. We need more Catholics who are, are well-formed and courageous enough to stand up for truth and justice when the wrong decisions are about to be made, like the disastrous decisions that have been made in public school districts, for example, in the state of California mm -hmm. over the past few decades. Yeah. Yeah. 
Grab a chair is the message, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. If not us, exactly. who? If not now, it when? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, another uh, one of the notes that we have for uh, from the show, uh, from the book, I'm sorry, that is, we are now, it's like a, a, a prime time for us as the lady because we're technically living in a post-Christian world and it's we're again in mission territory we it, it's it's one of the i was i was actually talking to my wife that maybe when when we get to heaven we're gonna see the the saints from other centuries and they're gonna be like oh you guys you guys lived in the in the 2000s like you had it really hard like down there like good job getting all the way here yeah. um but it's it's mm -hmm. kind of it, there's this hope of like the flourishing of the lady in civil society with programs like TLI, with British um, Leadership uh, Institute, uh, with the book, and, and all of these things that, that are happened with bishops like Bishop Olmsted and Bishop um, Gomez um, that are putting that emphasis on building civil leaders that are Catholics. And, and I really, right now, like you are really compelling me to look more into that um like i said i was briefly involved with in a board of, of directors um and that might be something that i need to take the prayer and uh see w what else can i do i think that's one of the the questions like Gustavo and i are always uh, having in the back of our minds is like can we do more mm -hmm. you know yeah. um so yeah and and And, and for all those people that have young families, Walter has, has a, a relatively young family still. I'm, I'm kind of like nearing the teens now. Um, but it's important for us to don't bite off more than we can chew, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's our primary vocation is as husbands and fathers. And that's, I think, where we can make a, a, a lot of impact. And, and like Lombardi said, you know, God, family, and the Green Bay Packers. Um, so not last season so much, but okay. Um, but um, it's it's really really fantastic that that you you guys wrote this book, and the book is now available, obviously on Amazon and Kindle um, paperback, right, uh, Christopher? And uh, so congratulations to both you and Aaron. And I know that you're going to have a book blessing event here coming up soon is that correct yes uh, by the way i'm not sure when this uh, show is gonna air but if it's gonna air before the book blessing is going to be on may uh, may 5th at 11 a.m here in phoenix at the society of st vincent de paul uh, bishop omser is going to be with us blessing the book and it's going to be sort of sort of the kickoff event for the book yeah this is coming out before that so definitely show up may 5th um to get your Your signed copy, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm... Yeah, we'll have copies. We'll have copies available for people to, to get. And Erin and I will be signing them. And most importantly, we want to get exposure. We'll do an event like this to get a blessing from from, from Bishop so that the yeah. book really touches people's hearts and, 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 mm -hmm. and yields fruit. But we want exposure for sure for the book. Uh, we think that we have an important message. We think it that is. we have an important message. It totally is. So on top of the book, where can people find out more about TLI and, um, and any other things that you want to plug for, for people to, to check out? I know that you're very active on LinkedIn, for example, but where else can people find you? And Absolutely. Aaron? Thank you, Walter. 
So I will point out people, uh, invite people to go to tliprogram.org, tliprogram.org, to learn everything about our program, which is Forming Catholic Leaders for Civil Society. If they want to read the book, which is called Catholic Leaders, uh, Leadership for Civil Society, they can find it in the book's website, catholicleadership.net, or on Amazon. Guess what? This is beautiful. You go to Amazon and you search. You don't even have to check on a category. Just do a general search and type two words, Catholic leadership. The first thing that pops up is the book. Oh, right. that's beautiful. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm doing that right now. No excuses, guys. And please go ahead. Go on and leave us a review on Amazon, Gustavo, whenever you get a chance. That'd be so helpful. There it is. Number one. And there might be another one, but those are sponsorships. You know, that ours is not paying to be on the top. <laughs> yeah. Ascension Press is above you, but I think they're they're paying some they're stuff. They're sponsored. Yeah, they're paying to be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Yep. So, Christopher, very, very excited uh, again for, for the growth of the program, for, for your... Um, leadership you know in, in in your capacity and for all the lives that that you have helped transform again with with obviously god's hand and 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 the holy spirit guiding you uh through through this endeavor so um any anything else uh that that you want to tackle before we kind of like last call here or close out yeah shot? gosh gustavo you know what i just i want to invite people to to pray about their I mean, I'm not, in, I'm not uh, implying that people don't know their purpose in life. But though, in the program, we encounter people who are confused about their mm -hmm. identity and purpose in life. Some people might need a little more clarity. I want to invite people to spend time praying about, discerning about who they are and what God made them for. Because if we all realize all of, baptize, all of the baptized, we have a common identity. We're all children of God. We all share that identity, children of God. And then, of course, each one is an individual. We also have a common purpose. That purpose is heaven. We're made to be saints, to be holy. What that looks like in each of our lives, that's what's individual. Each of us mm -hmm. was created for a reason. We have a mission. We can't just live life as if it was a random event. We were created with a mission. And I just want to invite people, whether they read the book or not, or look up the, our, program, our program or not, to pray about who they are and what God wants of them in their life. Beautiful. It's amazing. We'll leave it at that. Thank you, Christopher, <laughs> again, for your time. So generous, uh, best of luck with, with the book and the TLI and everything that you are doing. And, and um, we'll have to have Erin, we'll have extended yes, invitation please. to her for, for, for the podcast. Um, but in the meantime, we want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of Barbados Catholic Podcast, a show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the podcast or got something out of this, please uh, share it with your friends and family. Subscribe, like, comment, rate, and review if you haven't. And if you don't like the podcast, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. And go to direct.com me forward slash barbatus for uh, more information about the podcast where you can listen uh, if you want to donate we have uh, some other goodies in there and um, bless us Elena's Casey pray for, pray us. for us until the next time